Hey everybody, welcome back to You're Wrong. Uh, we are into the second part of our Star Wars Disney style deep dive. Cobra, what is everybody wrong about today? Well, Matt, they are wrong about the movie Rogue One. And I'm just going to say this off the bat, they're wrong if they don't like it. But let, let's... Spoilers. Let's let's just get, you know, let's get everybody on the same page. So Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which is the full name of the of the movie and i almost said game for whatever reason <laughs> um so it's a movie released in 2016 uh directed by gareth edwards and starring felicity jones diego luna ben mendelson Ip man i mean donnie yen <laughs> matt milkison uh ellen a leaf in the wind tudiek which i didn't know before looking into this which just makes me love it more yep uh Wen and Forrest Whitaker as the hammiest ham that has ever hemmed and we'll talk about this a little later um so the basic idea of the movie is you know we all know or I mean everybody that's watched A New Hope knows that you know the whole idea of that movie is that the Empire has built a planet killing weapon called the Death Star and that the rebels want to try to destroy it and so this movie is basically how did they go about getting those plans and what was entailing that like it's it's really about the fledgling moments of the rebellion as a full movement because as you see in the movie they're very how can i say it fragmented i guess they're not really like everybody wanting the same thing and yeah. so the movie is all about how did that whole thing come about and, you know, how did they get those plans and what did that do for the Alliance as a whole? And so I'm, I'm, last time we kind of saved the um, the ratings for last. And I think we should still do that. Okay. But I will, like I said in the beginning, I will preface this with the whole conversation with this. This is one of the best Star Wars movies ever. In, all of them included, Disney or not, in my okay. opinion. Way to bury the lead, as it were. But yes, I don't we give a shit. <laughs> okay. Um, do you just want to jump into why you think that, or do you want me to say if I agree with you or not? Um, I'm just going to... Uh, you know what? Why, do you, why don't you go? Why don't you oh. give us our your sort of initial like thoughts on the movie as a whole, and then we can dive into dissecting it very very gracious of you thank you i am a gracious host after all allegedly so at a high level i agree with you i think it's one of the better movies that have been done for star wars and yes uh audience listeners the bar is shockingly low when you really think about it but nonetheless <laughs> it was nice to see a well done star wars movie um there there are some some things i have questions about but you know, if you listen to the first episode where we just were not happy with Solo for, you know, a large amount, this is more along the lines of, oh, that's a weird choice. I wonder why they did that. That doesn't seem to match the story. Not like you probably shouldn't have done the last third of your movie. It was awful. <laughs> a level of, of concern. So at a high level, I agree with you. I think it was a very solid movie. Um, and I'm interested to see why you think that was versus why was Solo so bad. Well, we know why Solo was bad. So let's just focus on this one. Okay, um, so to me, I think so. This is this is where I usually go, or my head usually goes when we're talking about like analyzing a movie. I look at the things that I like and the things that I don't like about the movie, and then I compare them to see how big of a deal they are. If that makes any sense. So, like with yeah. with Solo, I had trouble and i had problems with like large like tracts of land as it were in terms of plot and character like design even um, so it's like the size of like the outer rim all of that yeah was wrong with solo yeah okay. and and then the the things that i have a problem with and there are a few that i have a problem with in in terms of uh, rogue one they are things that would not phase me in a lesser movie, but because the movie is so good, the smaller things bother me. You're a weird dude. I am. So <laughs> it's like, it's almost like nitpicking. 
the, the <laughs> things that I have pro a, a problem with in this movie. So I think in, if I were to say why I like this movie so much in general, yeah. it's one, the plot is very tight. With very few exceptions, you, you don't find yourself asking too many times, like, why? Why did that happen? Or why, yeah. why, did, why did they choose to do that? It's very tight. And I think it benefits from the fact that this is a known, not known story, if you know what I mean. So we, we all knew there was a story there, but we yeah. never knew what that story was. Right. And, and I think it was very, with the exception, and I'm going to say this time and time again, with the exception of Forrest Whitaker, which who I think is a great actor, but man, was the band hungry because he chewed the entire fucking scenery. Like, if they hadn't that starred Jetta, he would have eaten it. That's how much she was eating that scenery. I'm actually okay with that. I think that every good movie deserves to have one person chewing scenery. Yeah. If, if but... it's if it's the level he was doing it at, it was so minor to the story overall, it was good. I you know disagree. I... I mean, okay. I mean, you're you're entitled to being wrong. I'm just saying I disagree. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just to me. First of all, they had two people. Well, almost three. Chewing that. That's who, who else was chewing scenery? Well, Krennic, right? Ben Mendelsohn. Holy <sighs> crap! <laughs> he is. So I'm gonna blow this a bit now because I'm gonna say it here. I, I my only big complaint about this movie is that I don't understand what, like, why they chose. Krennic and Tarkin and Vader as the sort of avenues to investigate, like to, to or the as the antagonists, if you will, of, of the story. And like you need somebody, but I just thought that like shoving Tarkin in just seemed gratuitous. It wasn't necessary. Like you didn't need to connect me to Tarkin being on the Death Star by the end necessarily. Like that, you could have just someone could have said, "Oh, Tarkin's taking over," showing him like. It was all right, but it's still weird. It didn't need to happen. And and the first time Krennic talks to Vader on Mustafar, like it was nice that he went to, to Mustafar and all that jazz, but that didn't need to exist either. Yeah, I, that last part I agree with you. I don't I don't think like yeah, we know Vader, blah 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 blah. But like if you remember from A New Hope, Vader's sort of gravitas wasn't there in, in A New Hope, right? And, and I think they could, like, as much as they did a good job of tying, you know, the this movie to the next movie, which is A New Hope in terms of chronology, and we'll talk about this more towards the end, I'm, I'm sure. But, like, connecting the plot of we have to find the plans to the plot of New Hope, we have to use those plans to plan an attack on the thing, that was yeah. good, right? Yeah, that was great. But, they needed to do, at least in my opinion, which is where I agree with you in the, the, the whole Mustafar thing. They needed to do a better job of connecting the fact that Darth Vader wasn't as important a character on the first movie through this movie. And they did not. They acted yeah. like he was like, oh my God, Darth Vader, Lord Vader, oh, blah, blah, blah. And he, him groveling to, to, to Darth Vader there and Mustafar. I think that was, actually, that did more harm than good. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I will disagree with you on... Tarkin, I don't know if it was necessary, but I, I appreciated it, and that's because I like the clash between the two of them. Like, Tarkin is very, always has been, very sort of like pompous and, and you know, grandstanding and and larger than life and this whole very Britishness of, of him. You know, and and Krennic has that Weasley kind of thing, and I thought the clash there worked really well because it's two sides of the Empire, right? You have Grand Moffs and like Vader, and they are all larger than life, and like they their um, influence and their you know plans span the whole galaxy, and it, they're like you know planet crushing things and then you have the on the other side kind guys like Krennic who are really like the the empire's embodiment of middle management you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like a petty upper, tyrant upper middle management he is a director <laughs> after all <laughs> yes but he's like very a petty a petty tyrant like he's grovelly with everybody that's 
remotely above him and everybody that's below him just gets the brunt of the frustration that he has of not being greater yeah like and- he's he's the embodiment of like white people who are complicit with donald trump's regime uh, just he- to throw something right out there yeah yeah i can see it's what like, you mean it's groveling for whatever whatever level of value they can get even though they know they're never going to be the emperor and they're never going to be a grand moth they're never going to be vader <laughs> you're but saying like, are you saying krennic is ted cruz yeah 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 exactly <laughs> oh exactly i can't i can't unsee it now okay good good i like this yeah so like <laughs> i agree with you it had to be someone of the stature of grand moff tarkin it's just i guess maybe there's no way to get around it like i'm not mad about it like in solo with some things it's just like it seemed ham-fisted to to, to have to go in and and sort of animate him as a young young tarkin and and this, it's the same thing as lay at the end i'm like you didn't need to do that because it looks it actually that one actually looked bad it's weird really um, i i thought I, I didn't like it when we watched it the first time and we watched it together when it came out um i thought it was good cg watching it again i think it's okay cg it's like it yeah. looks like a good video game but it's not believable enough to hold up to interacting with actual humans yeah yeah it's not like I, tarkins was better than, yeah. than hers um, and probably because they had to do more with Tarkin that it was better so it, like I said it was quibbly it's just hers was more uncanny valley than Tarkin's was yeah um, and that's what, what kind of threw me off one of the things I want to I want to point out here and I'll, I'll ask you first before I tell you mine but like I have an obvious favorite character from this movie it's not um Forrest Whitaker's um Sakura, even though I love when people choose scenery to that high level um <laughs> but who who is yours first so i have a hard time picking because if there's one thing that that i think almost everything that disney touched with terms of, of star wars if, there, if there's one thing that they did well are the droids every fucking time and k2so here and you know finding out that it's alan tudyk just it's just a cherry on top right. i I really like I liked him the first time and I really liked him again. Yeah. But I'm torn between, you know, K2 and Chirrut Imwe. Yeah, so for like for me it was hands down it was it was Chirrut. And yeah. and I think it's just cuz Donnie Yen's so so good. good. Yes. Yeah. Um I, I and, and to a lesser extent his bodyguard whose name escapes me I'll look it up here while we're talking. Um, uh his name is Baze Malbus. Okay, yeah. Like I, I just enjoyed their relationship the best, mm-hmm. um, and and not. I mean, obviously, Danny Young got to, play, um, sorry, Donnie Young got to play a really interesting character, and in the fact that, you know, he wasn't a force user, but he was sensitive, but he was blind, and he got to be like showcase Donnie Yen's like hitman skills, um, and <laughs> I made it really fun, yeah. and, um, you know, it's something you see a bit in the Mandalorian uh, in terms of hand-to-hand combat but it's nice to see hand-to-hand combat in the star wars world right like some guy just beating the living shit out of stormtroopers but not using a blaster to shoot them i thought yeah like because i think this is the first time we've really seen that and it looked really awesome and even even uh jen uh jen urso did that a a couple times by punching the stormtroopers and like you can see bits of plastic flying off and it's just so satisfying um (laughs) to see that to see that happen because um, uh, we know the armor's garbage, and when you smash it off that easily, it proves that it's garbage. Yeah, and and that whole fighting scene with her when they're you know when the when Saw's rebels attack that uh, that tank or that that cargo that's you know carrying the kyber crystals, and she has a blaster and she chooses to use that baton and just beat the fucking crap out of everybody, and Andor uh, turns around and he, and he's like, I'm gonna help. Oh, I don't need to help her. That that was very good. And she did a really good job making it believable too, which is risky because I don't think she has any super like ingrained martial arts training or anything. Unlike obviously Donnie Yen, who's a, you know, a world-class martial artist. And you can tell like that scene with him fucking (laughs) destroying the the troopers is amazing. But she does it like Felicity Jones does a really good job of making me believe that she fucking wailed on those star troopers. Yeah. And and I don't, necessarily mean to pick on um her here not felicity jones but um Jin? damn it no no from solo oh uh amelia clark yeah amelia clark but amelia oh, clark it's night and day man yeah like, i know where you're going yeah just didn't carry herself as a believable physical character um and and felicity jones nails it 
I thought she was great in the role. Like she had the right level of physicality. She had the right level of like, call it what you will, tomboyishness or otherwise to, to really embody and make that character believable. And, yeah. and it really helped with carrying the movie when one of your, your main characters is, is so convincing. I specifically noted the part where her and Cassian, who is uh, Diego uh, Luna, yeah. Luna's character, like that exchange they have after he almost shoots her dad, but doesn't like that is perfect. It was such a good exchange of like both their frustrations and their backgrounds and them not seeing eye to eye, but like both being believable in the way they position themselves. It just really sold the the chemistry so well that was really missing from, from the solo movie. And, and, and that's a good segue into something I really wanted to talk about, which is, you know, <sighs> Most of Star Wars movies, they're really like, how can I put this in, in a good way? It, they're very, everything is very black and white, you know? So, yeah. oh, the Alliance is such a pure and happy and, and, and benevolent entity and the Empire is evil and blah. Like, the Empire remains evil, sure. which I, no, think, no doubt. I think it needs to be. But I really like the fact that, you know, she has a conversation with, with Saul when, when she meets him again. And, and they're talking about it. And she says something to the, to the tune of, you know, this alliance has brought me nothing but pain. Right? And, and yeah. this is really great. Like, it's not, it's not just everything is unicorns and rainbows, right? And, and no. Diego Luna or Andor does, you know, a, a good job of, like, just capping it off when when they're planning to go on the mission at the end and i realize we're jumping around so i'll just keep it brief but when they go you know we've all done terrible things in the name of the of the rebellion yeah spies assassins blah blah blah. it's not like it's war it's a guerrilla war that they're fighting against a much more powerful enemy of course there's going to be atrocities committed and honestly as a side note the both cartoon series, both Clone Wars and uh, Rebels, d does a good job of doing that too. It's not all fun and games. It's not all that the, the Alliance isn't one unified front until the very end, until the Battle of Yavin and all that stuff. There, there's like you know people like Saw who are extremists and 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 do whatever. They're terrorists, really, if if I'm honest. And then you have more moderate people like you know. Mon Mothma to some extent, and and even even Bail Organa is not like he's not willing to accept wanton violence, and, I, and so that makes yeah. that whole thing more believable. This is like people working together towards a goal that they agree on, but not how to get there. So I really like what Rogue One does with that. Yeah, I, I, I you kind of brought it up, so I just I'll just segue off that instead of worrying too much about how we're structuring the movie uh, <laughs> in terms of the conversation because we're already lost. But you bring up you know Bail Organa and Mon Mothma and and the rebels not wanting to fight, um, and I, I think they did a good job of kind of to show how everybody's not on the same page yet, and and they're the the re, the rebellions really there's a lot of different levels of willingness to 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 do what needs to be done, right? I mean, hell. Yeah. Uh, Cassian shoots his informant like at the beginning of the movie, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, that is one of the only, honestly, one of the only good scenes with Andor with Captain Andor, Jago yeah. Luna. I don't yeah. like that character, but we can talk about about that a little bit more later. He's gonna have a TV show, so you better get on board. Ugh. I I think his character is fine. I, I don't I don't have any problems with it. Um, from from how it's positioned. It, like uh, you might as well get into it now. Um, let me finish my point though. Okay. Um, at a high level, my thing was, I was going to say is the rebellion wasn't connected, but the thing that caught me at the end of the movie, and this is one of my question marks is they had literally no other plan. Like, yeah. like they're like, well, we can't go to Scarif. We don't want to fight. It's too late. The Death Star exists. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like maybe going to Scarif seems like a crazy hair being, brain plan because you don't have any proof the plans are there but like you can't just walk away from this meeting and be like well nothing we can do it's just gonna be a death star flying around like there has to be something else you can do right and so that to me felt a little off that it was this plan or nothing because well, you need to do something and like well, organa says says exactly that he's like are we gonna just bail out of this thing that we worked so hard for 
Oh, it's like, oh, they have a Death Star. But, well, I guess we're done then. Like, yeah, I, I, it's too easy. They gave up too easy, I guess. But yeah, th that's the thing, right? Like she says it, but everyone's just like, yep, we're bailing. And it's like, what? Like, yeah. what the fuck, guys? Like you have like an army and generals and stuff like that. And now you're bailing. That To me, it was just like, I, I feels like they should have just greenlit the mission rather than like have to like rally the troops. Yeah, I think it would have made more sense if they said, okay, we there's no way we can do this in in large scale because we don't have the, the enough forces or we don't think we have enough forces sure but let's do a covert mission yeah right and and this is another point that I, i'll talk about uh captain ender cassian as as you know k2 so fondly calls him um i'll talk about it in in a second but like this is another problem that i had with them with the with that particular that, that part in the end it is so convenient that they had a ship lying around that was going to be able to just go into Scarif, you know, as protected as it was. Like, oh, yeah, we just stole this ship. Oh, let's use that. Like, it, I, I wish they would have had to work a little bit more for that. Like, um, you know, get yeah. a, a transponder signal that they could adapt to another ship or something like that. It was I, I just guess. too convenient. I, but I felt like it was, it was the story of plot point made it work like it was maybe it's convenient but at least they they built it in the story in a, in a way that it like it seemed connected right because they crash landed on the planet and they need to steal a ship to get away with so i'm not so caught up on that like it's do i think it's great no but is it believable yeah so whatever it's believable it's just a, i i it's just like think about in my in my mind i thought about okay if they don't pull this off they're done the alliance is done the rebellion is done right so for it to be this convenient, it's like, oh, we just happen to have this ship lying around. Let's use it to do the thing that the Alliance as a whole doesn't want to do. Like, just like I would have liked better if they had decided on something like, let's do a covert operation then instead of all an all-out assault, sure. assault. Because Jin's idea was harebrained. Oh, let's just, oh, let's move the whole army there to Scarif on the off chance that my father was telling the truth. Like, it's, I agree, it's a little bit like, That's what? a bit nuts. Yeah, but so it should have been like, let's, you know, let's try a covert operation and then having a little bit of a, a thing, oh, let's go to this place, steal that ship or steal that transponder code, and then we go to Scarif. Like, that's, like yeah. I said, it's nitpicky, right? I see, I see what you're saying there. It's like you could have, because they obviously wanted a reason to bring the entire fleet there, a lot of the fleet to engage because they don't have a big fleet and they need to break through the shield or whatever. But you're right, if they can go pull off the covert, uh, a covert mission to get the landing codes and, then it's like okay well, we got the mission okay it's a go right you you've, you pass that first part yeah um, a, a little bit more of like a, okay we worked for this now it's gonna you know what i mean not just it fell on our laps basically yeah i can see that uh, i wonder if it's just a running time issue where it's like yeah to go do that mission means now we have to add another 20 minutes, minutes onto the story yeah. and that's like Too it's already kind of long as it is yeah. hard to say right okay so let me let me touch on the cassian. problems i have with cassian then we can move on so I think, I don't know if it's a problem with how Diego Luna was playing it. I don't think it's the case. Or if it's more like the way it was written. But I don't, I had a hard time believing on Captain Cassian J. Ender. I don't remember what the J stands for now. Um, as, a, as an intelligence officer of any sort. And, and that has to do with a little bit of my problems with the whole idea of killing Galen. It has... To me, it smacks or it smells too much of empire tactics. Like, oh, he built his he's a weapons developer for the the, the, the empire. empire. So let's kill him before he develops a good weapon. That makes sense. Oh, sure. the weapon's already out there. Let's just kill him anyway. Yeah, Wait, I actually what? I actually have that as I didn't pin that to Cassian. I looked it up. Cassian, no, it's Cassian Duran Andor. Yeah. It was the the general guy, Draven. Yeah, yeah, and and so that, the same thing to me. It's like, well, y you built this, you built the Death Star. You guys know it's built because it fucking blew up Jeddah. <laughs> so you know that happened. I, I assume they reported back and said, "Hey, we just left Jeddah, and they blew the fuck out of it." Um, and yeah, so it, they show it even. Yeah, yeah, and but I'm just saying in terms of like, oh yeah, he does report. That's right. Yeah. Um, but it's just it, it just doesn't it doesn't add up because like okay well go kill Galen anyways the mission still stands I'm like what for like like I'm not saying you shouldn't kill him but like you're going there to specifically kill him like 
why? Like he's the job's done. He's probably more valuable to you alive because then he can give you the thing that you know Jin had to speak for. Yeah. He can give you evidence and he can tell you that what he's saying is true and you can get it from the horse's mouth as it were. But to then kill him, it's just like it's too convenient so you can show a bunch of X-wings come in here and blow up some shit and it doesn't make sense for the story uh and how it flows. Yeah, and so what happened there is like you, you mentioned that first scene where he kills the informant, which you know, it's a very fucked up thing to do, but I can see why he did it because he was a liability. And like he said himself, I've done some terrible things in the name of the rebellion. Yeah. But like this whole, the whole thing with, you know, him not questioning the orders is like, okay, so I'm supposed to kill Galen because he's building weapons. Okay. That makes sense. And then he finds out from Jin and from Saw and from Bodhi, the, the pilot, one, the weapon is built. Two, he actually he was actually devoting his life to betraying the Empire from within in a way that it would be, you know, super crippling for them. Ah, let's just kill him anyway. Who knows what else is going to be like this that's well, where I have a problem with that. And the fact that Ender did not question those orders is very un rogue uh sorry, very unrebellion like to me. Yeah, but it's it's but if it's his character. <sighs> that's that's Maybe. the rub, right? Like yeah. his character, the way it's shown, his character is like he'll do whatever it takes for the cause, and so that's why he's the general's trusted dude because he knows he'll fucking murder an informant because they make a cop by stormtroopers. Um, so I, that's why I let it slide because I'm like I, I blame that plot point and that stuff on the general being a fucking a sociopath <laughs> more yeah. than um, on Andor, more than on Andor, yeah, and like. I, I will say like his turn is a bit easy. Yeah. But I think that's that's like a that's a movie turn, right? It's not I don't know how you're like you don't have enough runtime to realistically show him like go through a huge grieving process to figure it out. And I think they, they try to short circuit it but by having the 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 conversation between him and Jin after he almost doesn't kill her dad. To like show the emotional maturity by they have that argument, he realizes the error of his ways and he agrees to help her, blah blah yeah. blah. And he has that scene where he has the, you know, he, he had like 10 opportunities to take a shot and he didn't, right? So he, yeah. That's right. So one thing that I'm ambivalent about in terms of him is like, he's a captain, right? He has zero control over people. <laughs> like, he's yeah. like, no, you stay here. And yeah, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the captain. And then like two minutes later, it's just everybody's, just, yeah, let's just go. And in his conversation with Jin was like, yeah, I didn't kill your dad. And she's like, you can't talk your way around this. Oh, I don't have to. But like, it's so weak. But by the same token, we know that everybody and their dog is a general in in the rebellion. So that does a good job of showcasing. Like, you know, I mean, if this guy is not even a general, yeah, yeah, he... <laughs> you know what I mean. Han Solo is a general after showing up for like a half a minute. <laughs> yeah, and this guy can't get past Captain, so he's shit. Well, I mean, you know, when they do get into Scarif with the X-Wings, like the, the leader of the Blue Squadron is a general, right? Yeah. So like everybody, yeah. you know, if you if you handle a broom right, you're a captain. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's funny. It's one of those things. So so we talked about this with Solo, and I think this is a good segue to talk about it here is the connections between this movie and, and the future movies. And mm-hmm. There's obviously connections because they need to, because it's they're stealing the plans for the desktop they pull up. Um, and it's interesting to see, you know, I think it's great they showed Mon Matha. And, and um, a thing I really enjoyed, they, I thought they did an excellent job with is on the, the attack on Scarif, they fed in the... Um, the scenes from like the the squadron leaders from um a new hope yeah right so like red leader and and gold leader whatever that looked great it was flawless it worked really well um it was a nice tie-in uh but they but the reason why i mentioned it is like they they showed a bunch of generals and they have to show those generals dying right so like that general general <laughs> blondie dies on the planet in general mustache yeah yeah general general blonde mustache dies down yeah. there and so then they show like I think General, uh, what was his name? The other guy, the murdery one, Draven. Draven, like he. Draven, Draven with the D. Draven. Does he exist in in A New Hope? Technically, I don't remember. He might. It's been so long since I watched it last. I think he's there, but he doesn't do anything, right? Yeah. I mean, anyways, it's not not super important. Um, but so some of the other things I I just want to highlight 
beyond that one that I really enjoyed, um, was just the connection to Jetta uh, in general. Um, and it's not say a movie connection, but it's a Star Wars lore connection to connect uh, the Kyber crystals to yeah. mm-hmm. Jedi's and stuff like that. That was a nice touch. It was well done. It didn't wasn't a big thing necessarily, but it all fit well into the story. Oh yeah, and that's something I had as a note here too. That like the destruction of Jeddah, it might be just a thing in this movie. Like if you're not a huge nerd like we are, it's like oh man, they destroyed a whole fucking city that had a temple there. That's fucked up. But if you've ever played any of the games, especially the games like the the the, the old Republic games where the temples are super important, and even like the more recent games where they talk about how important the temples were and how important kyber crystals are and when they talk about the temple of the like specifically the temple of the wills which is the one that they destroyed there in Jeddah, if you're a nerd like we are like you're like holy shit that is that is like adding a massive amount of insult to injury already uh just like you know don't destroy the whole moon just destroy the holy city you know what i mean like that that is such a and and obviously Anyone that has watched two seconds of, of the Empire on screen knows that, you know, everything that they do is based on the Nazis. And that was a very yes. Nazi thing to do. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. get them with, like, get them where it hurts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting um, to see them blow up small things instead of planets. Yeah. Um, was it that story I- you mean? Yeah, I think that yeah. worked for me because obviously, I guess it worked for me and it didn't work for me. And maybe you can give me your opinion. On the one hand, I like it because like, obviously, if you go around blowing up planets, word leaks. But on the other hand, um, like once you blow up Jetta, like they had they had a, an obvious rebel spy there who could have told him it happened. And so I guess like maybe the, the Empire doesn't know he was there. So it's like they don't, they think they're still being secretive. So it, it kind of works. Because you don't want to just fire off and blow up planets, but that's that's the thing that confused me. Because then they just they go off and they blow up uh, Alderaan, right, to show they have the super weapon, and and so I just don't the the story there those bits don't quite connect for me. I'm like, why didn't they just start blowing up planets right away? So to me, it plays into what I was saying before. So this is about terror tactics, right? In my in my book, so like. The way I see the the and and this is not something that is clear. This is like in my head the way that it plays out. Yeah, is so the first test that they were going to do, like Krennic was ready to blow the whole moon, right? Because he needed yep. to show because he was. Oh, being, that's right. Yeah, he was being like um, harassed even by 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 Tarkin on in the name of the Emperor. It was like, dude, look at how much money we're spending. Look at how many resources we're spending and you've blundered it. And there was a, like, you know, security problems here. Like I need to know that this is being a good investment. Otherwise you're fucked. And he goes like, Hey, you want to see if I can blow something big? Let me blow this whole moon for you. Right. And then Tarkin, and this is where I think, again, this is my head. Right. But like, I, I'm like, you know what? No. Let's just blow a small thing so that some people might survive or some people might see. And then let let the rumors spread. Because at this point, it wasn't like the Empire was already established. The Senate was still there. They were still fighting for the Republic. And, and Tarkin himself says, if this word of this gets out, that we have a weapon that can blow up a planet then a lot of, of planets are going to rally behind the, the rebellion. So we can't do that. But let's let's have this be sort of like a rumor. Oh, my God, they might have this thing. They might not have this thing. And then just do terror tactics and diversionary tactics so that they can't organize in the other side of the rebellion, right? And, and then when they blow up Scarif, like they're shooting against their own planet, basically. Right. And so like, oh, maybe it's not the Empire, maybe it's something else. So to me, that's what happens. And then when they blow up Alderaan on on a new hope, it's like, okay, you guys want to see what we actually can do? Here it is. We're gonna blow the fucking seat of the Republic from from you. And then what? Yeah. So that's yeah. how I see it. Uh, blowing up Alderaan if you put into a real a real real world term, blowing up Alderaan would be like nuking New York City. Uh, right. more. 
I, I don't think more. Like the East be, Coast. It would be the nuclear uh, East Coast. Maybe. I think you're equivalent. I, I just don't want it to be the whole entire USA. I think it's not. It's not. Yeah. 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 It's like destroying an entire city, maybe East Coast, whatever. But that's that's the in, in, impact it would have on 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 the world, right? Yeah. So, Whereas um, blowing up Jeddah and then blowing up Scarif is more like a uh, like a single city or like a smaller city, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the the comparable would be dropping a nuclear bomb on a city is is what the Death Star is supposed to be like. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're we're getting off topic here. Um, but well, yeah, I, us off topic ooh, win right? never. I, I agree with your general premise, though that it's 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 ramping up the terror, the terror uh, campaign, in a meaningful way on on not just yeah. the rebellion but the the world or the the universe itself. Yeah, the galaxy. You mean, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that was... I think it's the genius that I ascribe to Tarkin in terms of like being. An empire, an, an imperial officer of like of the standing of a grand moth, is like he would know how to do that thing. That's why the emperor trusts him to kind of oversee those things, right? That that's in my head where I go. Yeah, so maybe Tarkin was necessary um, in order to tie it to the movie correctly. I I think I would have been okay, honestly, if they just recasted somebody for it versus mm-hmm. or like showed him in like in the dark. <laughs> yeah, because I think. I guess I don't even like, obviously seeing the technology works, seeing, you know, we've seen it in a number of places now, you know, we've seen it in um, Marvel. They've done it with the Ant-Man movies and Michael Douglas. But I wonder if those things are easier because you're taking a known quantity, like you're taking, you already have Michael Douglas on film. So you can, like de-aging him might be easier than than trying to recreate a person in general. I I would guess so, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's always needed. Like, if Tarkin's dead, just get another dude and call him Tarkin. Like, it's not not the end of the world. You could have got a, some like like this is the thing, right? They got someone to play Mon Mothma, but yeah. they didn't get someone to play Tarkin, right? And I just feel like you should have just found someone if you wanted to. I don't know what 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 the difference there was. But. I think it's because it's so close. Like, you know, the the movie ends on the scene immediately before the first scene of, of a new hope right it even ends with the same like with the corellian cruiser just flying off yeah so I, wanna... I guess they wanted it to be as close as possible the same thing with leia i understand i just i don't know it's it is uncanny a little bit like it goes into uncanny valley i, I agree yeah so so a couple things i want to cover before we talk about the end of the movie because that needs to be talked about oh yes um a couple of things I noted. Um, <laughs> Jin's character, I thought it was well played. And I, I, I wrote this note specifically down um, about her attitude. And I was like, imagine getting dumped by two dads. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, oh, like my she, Lord. Her first dad didn't dump her so much as he, he kind of was forced to abandon her. And she saw her mom get shot. I didn't even have that. Her mom also got shot in front of her. Um, <laughs> and her dad was taken away. So maybe he didn't dump her. That's why she still liked them. But then... Then she got dumped by her second dad. Um, like, Talk of course, about she, abandonment issues. Yeah, like, of course, <laughs> you pissed off at the universe. Like, I totally get that. So I thought that was that was well done. Um, I also noted this because I know we'll probably talk about it in the later Star Wars movies. But when they escape Jeddah, they make an early jump to hyperspace, mm-hmm. um, and that made total sense for that for that part of the story because it was like, if we don't get out of here, the world's going to fall on us and we're going to die. So let's do something risky. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you know, as opposed to hyperspace jumping, let's not go there. Hyper hyperskipping, hyperspace skipping. I think I have something like that. Yeah, hypersk- yeah. yeah, skipping. You're right. We'll get into that when we get to 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 um, those movies. The Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, no, it's that's in? I think that's on Return Last of the Jedi. Jedi or Lost Last Jedi. Yeah. Anyways, um, we'll cover that when we get there. But I just think that was this was a good use of of sort of amping up the powers or the potential of hyperspace by being forced to do it as a as a recourse right you had to do something to get out of there yeah the other thing that i was really curious about is x-wings blow up way too fast in this movie yes and so do tie fighters tie fighters should because tie fighters don't have shields that's okay that is that. true that is true yeah but x-wings are, are allegedly supposed to have shields i don't know how many times uh you know when they're attacking edu i think was the, the they station. get shot once by, yeah, by and, those and and the, yeah yeah that's true yeah and that was just kind of weird. Um, I don't know if that's that's how it should work or not, but that was just kind of weird. Um, yeah, at least like you know, show me one shot getting the shield, and then the next one getting the wing or whatever. Don't yeah. like, just blow up. 
yeah, yeah I, it's, it's I, better I, I, hadn't, like, I hadn't thought of it but you're right yeah x-wings do have shields it's just better if you got like three or like three or four shots on it right or a couple shots give me two blasts in a row and i'd be like all right one overwhelmed the shields the second one took it out great exactly, one exactly. shot just is it's but that's this is us really getting into the nerd level of, of yeah but of by the, the same token like churut has that his weird arbalest like crossbow laser shit that he shoots and one shot of that just destroyed the tie fighter that's also like it's a this is that's, a that's I, fine I, no it's a it's a personal weapon like no i think but it's not it's not just a, a it's it's put out as being a very heavy personal weapon still well and okay. I, I tie fighters are pieces of shit it, tie fighter is like <laughs> purely like we have more people than you so we'll just let them overwhelm yep. you we don't care if they die they're they're put together with spit and wishful thinking yes yeah 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 so so that was and and the other thing i i thought i would just like to cover because before we get away from this um is saw on drugs or painkillers yes yeah okay that's what i thought so that that is a problem that i like it's it was he was it was too much heaviness in too many areas that was my problem with saw like Forrest Whitaker is already an overactor and always has been, always sure. has been. Yeah. And then he, the voice and the the like the limping and the the the, I don't know. It, it, honestly, it takes away from the movie for me. And I'll say another thing: the way he died was so dumb. It was very in tune with his character because his character is, you know, is a zealot to the point of stupidity. Yeah. And and him dying that way was dumb. That's the, but it makes sense, right? As much as I yeah. hate it, yeah, it was. I just don't like. Story. I don't Dumb like the character at all, even even in other media. I don't. I just. Don't, I don't like extremists like that. It's just a yeah. personal thing, right? Yeah, sure, that's yeah. fair. Um, so before we get to the end of the movie, I just have a couple more complaints. Okay. Um, they are very nitpicky. Yeah, yeah. The main one for me is, you know. The X-Wings are attacking and Krennic just shot a bunch of people behind Galen and there's the whole mess going on and Jin is hiding in, in behind something and she stand, stands up and goes, Father! Like, come on! Like, really? Did you... Uh, come on. That is so stupid. Like, she's not a stupid character and that was so stupid. It pissed me. It took me right off the movie. That, yeah. that scene. Um, I could see that, yeah. And, like how, and how that's annoying. It's it's just a nitpicky thing, but it just it broke my suspension of disbelief so hard. I don't know why that I had to write it down with like a an amused emoji to the side after me. And the one th- this is very Star Wars, very Star Wars, especially very Empire. But the the file or the archives in Scarif, you know having to be extracted physically in a room with like an impossibly tall fall that if you fall there you die like oh yeah that actually i I, (laughs) what was with the 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 doorway halfway up that goes nowhere yeah the one that credit comes through to like surprise them (laughs) yeah but if did you if you play uh fallen order uh no so i'm saying if you play it there's there's one or two instances of that there too that's why i say it's a very empire way of doing things it's like oh how do we start this so let's make a room that's huge circular and has like a an impossibly tall pit that if you fall there by accident you're dead let's store important things there in a way that's completely impractical it only serves to deter people that not supposed to be there and so they have a time frame that's limited to extract those things. That's the only way that it makes sense is in case of an intruder. <laughs> but if we have to operate on that room and extract things from it on a daily basis, it's just the most inconvenient possible solution. Yeah, it is a very deus ex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I, this is a thing that popped into me, and I don't know if we'll have time to cover it in this podcast, but just in general as I watch these movies with more like paying more attention, I don't actually know what, what technology, how technology works in the star Wars, star Wars universe, because yeah. they have hyperdrives. 
They have wow. lasers. They have laser swords. They have the ability to put a shield over an entire fucking planet. But they have to store physical media. <laughs> like, like that thing that she takes, like the file that yeah. has the thing. It looks like an old timey cross between like an like those old like um, like data recorder tapes. Yeah, and a hard drive. Yeah, yeah. And then and she goes up to the to the antenna and she shoves it in. And it takes exactly one of those and it closes and turns. Like, why is that the way that things are? Yeah. Like, it's just like, that's the technology. And like, you'll see in later movies where like, we don't have space GPS, but we can put trackers on people. But we can't detect a human being being like, in something in this movie where someone was, she, ah, she's hiding in this like little hole, right? Like when she's a kid. Yeah. And the death troopers don't have a way to fucking find life signs. No, but even in Solo, like, the the Amethyst Nest, like she puts a, a tracker on the Millennium Falcon, and just she can track it from wherever in the, in the galaxy, anywhere in the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's just been an interesting thing with Star Wars that like, <laughs> it, I let it slide, but I'm just like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, it's like the technology is at the same time old and archaic, and apparently nobody really knows how it works, but they actually do because they fix shit all the time and they improve shit all the time. It, yeah, it's it's something. It's it's one of the things where at least I find with Star Wars, you have to just say, you know what, that's how it works. Fuck it, it's just yeah. a plot device. So I think I I wanted to talk a little bit now about the end of the movie, um, specifically once. So first of all, the first thing that I really want to say, the fact that they all die at the end is the ballsiest thing that I have ever seen in Star Wars movies or even series. Like, I'm sure there are other ballsy stuff done in the old expanded universe, sure. the books and stuff. But as, yeah, yeah. A, as a main sort of canon media, killing all of the fucking main characters was, one, the absolute right thing to do. And two the ballsiest move i've ever seen it's so, and it makes so much sense it gives us so much to think about as as a, as an audience and it gives what they've done and and the the fact that the plan is so important to work gives it so much gravitas i love it right yeah it's it's something when i watched it the very first time i hated it and really? when i watched it I, yeah i just was like oh it sucks they all had to die and it seems like sometimes they died in stupid ways True, like, they did. Like uh, Bodhi, kind of was like it sucked that they tossed a grenade in there and killed them. Um, yeah, and and so that was a bit annoying. But when you when you watch the movie, when you think of the plan, and everything going on, it's like, well, they blew up the planet anyways, so so you might as well give them their own special going out story of being a hero in their own way. Um, and and you're right, it, it's just it just adds a level of ballsiness to the story to be like, yeah, this is this is what happens. This is this is the cost of war exactly to these, exactly to get these plans to stop the evil guys from carrying out their evil plan and i actually like the fact that like chirrut dies to get that master switch on which is so dumb that another another thing going back to the technology thing oh you have to flip that one lever like it's so dumb but like whatever it's established he dies for that and then bays like i'm not gonna stay here without my buddy i'm just gonna go out in the blaze of glory but then you see Bodhi die in the, like the most sort of off the cuff way, right? It's just a random grenade through thrown by a random stormtrooper, and that's war too. It not it don't always get to die valiantly or for a very very specific reason. He had like he had concluded what he needed to do, right? Yep, it's true. And I just think that the little like almost romance that happened at the end was dumb. It was unnecessary. It's one of those things where I looked at it and I'm like, I guess it's dumb, but also I'm not necessarily against it because it's like, if you know, you're going to die. You might as well just get a little something, something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In that, in that way. Sure. Right. But yeah, it, I think it adds, you, you, you put it exactly right. Like it, it shows the cost of war, right? Even, even if things go well in the end, like what a, what a price to pay. Right. Galen dies before, and then you know Jin dies, and Lero is already dead. So that family is done, right? 
and and saw had died and you know ender and they all died doing what they believed in and and so it makes sense but it's it it, it gives us like it give it gives it a lit like a a really dark like weight to carry like the whole rebellion right if you if you look at the movies that follow especially new hope with that in mind it gives it such a dark undertone that it didn't have before yeah i i think it actually when you think back of all the generals dying in this one it kind of <laughs> explains why all of those guys were promoted at least it tries to in a way that's like i guess yeah. you know it's like because they did something heroic and they've got a, a a lack of like heroic characters going on so it's like no one believes that han solo should be a general but yeah. you know over the course of the two movies he's done such crazy stuff that it's like it's like he's like a spiritual leader right it's like that guy's crazy let's promote him to be a general because he's like popular and everybody loves him not because yeah. he's actually a good tactician no, no, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. The, the The reason for that is to recognize what they've done more than to expect that they do something else. It's like it, it, uh, the rebellion is very much a, a a group of individuals, not a group of cohesive tacticians and all. Like the empire works as a as a machine, right? Everybody is a cog, and the re, the the alliance is the opposite. It is a few individuals inspiring a bunch of other individuals to do stuff right and i think it's a good contrast yeah no it was great so okay let's We're... talk about the scene we've been saving for the last because it, it it merits its own breakdown um yeah you go first okay so you know you hear throughout anything that has to do with the main story of 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 star wars right the, the skywalker story you hear how much of a badass Darth Vader is and how scary he is as Darth Vader. Because, you know, in the prequels, you get that he's a whiny teenager that doesn't like sand. Fine. Right? But when when he becomes Darth Vader, there's this, especially going from the second movie onwards, from, so from Empire Strikes Back, and all, like he's this scary motherfucker. But it's all, you know, informed. Like, it's an informational trait. Yeah, and like, and it's it's one of those things where I actually appreciate what they do. They don't they don't go into depths necessarily to tell you why he's scary. You know, it's like the John Wick coin. It's like you know what? Yeah, he looks like a fucking crazy, intimidating dude. He just choked a guy out with fucking magic. That's cool. Yeah. But that being said, yeah, when they get like that scene, first of all, the you know if you've watched a New Hope before and you know that it starts with them being chased by the empire while taking the plans of something because you don't know in the beginning of the of a new hope what it is they have some important things that they need to get you know away from the empire and the you know they they pick up the 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 transmission from from scarif and then they codify into the small thing apparently you know, they had compression systems on the ship that they didn't have in Scarif, I guess. Yeah, that that super like defensive base that's solely purposes for <laughs> all the media and plans of the entire empire. Yeah. No compression. Just give me a good old fashioned tape drive. Yeah. And so they compress into the little thing. And we all know that like, you know, Darth Vader did some bad shit to get to try to get to, to that Corellian Corvette and they, mm -hmm. he couldn't. Yeah. And so in this movie, we fucking see it. And it is one of the best scenes in the entire Star Wars canon. Him, oh, yeah. He goes through those rebels like they're fucking like, it's like he has a hot knife and they're just like Thanksgiving turkeys. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one, I just caught it was when he lifts the one rebel trooper up to the ceiling and yes. holds there, but he slices him in half with his lightsaber as he walks by. Yeah. So he raises him, he walks under him, he closes his hand, and as he he's about to fall, he slices him in half. Yeah. That is like, ah, chef's kiss. Like, oh, it, yeah. it's all of the wrong things that we love. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. But, but it's like, you know where the reputation came from. And, yes, and exactly. To the point I had before, it's like they couldn't pull off like Darth Vader, like it looked cool, but at no point was he super intimidating with the lightsaber duels from you know the seventies and early eighties. The technology just wasn't there. They yeah. You know, but but doing it now, it's like, oh yeah, that's oh okay, yeah. That's why no one fucks with Vader. And that whole like the fight choreography in that scene is a a fight. A fight is two people beating each other up. Like 
that was just a massacre. But like him going, like, and he, you know, even in games, you're a lot more. You see it with a lot, a lot more like gravitas put into slicing someone with a sword with the lightsaber, right? He slices them without a care. Like this is you're just an obstacle, a, a mild obstacle in my way, and I'm just gonna slice through you. If you're a person or if you're a piece of cardboard, I don't care. Yeah, and and made of the same material. <laughs> they keep on basically, like the cardboard, you know. Makes it less of a mess, so I appreciate the cardboard more. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> and and so he he slices and dices through them, and then the guy is like, "Okay, I'm gonna die. Just take this." And then when you see the other side of the door, and the guy grabs the the little card there, and you see Vader's lightsaber pop through the door, and you know it's through the guy even before you see it. It's that that whole scene is so amazing. And the desperation of them running away and the guy like tripping. Like it was, it's really a scene from a horror movie where Darth Vader is almost like Jason. Yeah. yeah. Slowly yeah. walking towards the you know the, the victim and he like trips and falls and he's like, come on, decouple it or whatever. And then they just goes away and he's like mildly inconvenienced by it. It's a I'm gonna say it again. Chef's kiss. It is it's it's so well done. Um into how they portray his evilness and yeah. how badass he is. Uh, the only thing I thought was funny, and it's again, this is just a quibble. It's like, why did why did the dude take so long to not hand over the the plan, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, like I know he probably hopes to live, but like, bro, <laughs> like just give the guy the plans. If you get through, you get through. Yeah, like give him, give it to him, and then try to open the door. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like. He was too desperate to think clearly, but maybe yeah. No, it's this just, is this is me making excuses. You're right. Yeah. It it is a, a little weird. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, that's one of the like. It's probably just it's it's the reason why I appreciate the modern Star Wars stories and movies is for a scene like that. It yeah. is iconic. Unlike Yoda flipping around like a crazy person and and like you know, a flea, basically like a flea. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're. I don't know. Time here. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Score me. So to me, this is a an eight point five out of ten, if not an outright nine. Okay. Why? Why are you quibbling over a half point? Uh, I don't know. Cause I'm an an ano asshole. I don't know. Um, you know what? It, okay, it's a nine out of ten okay. for me. Yep. It's the story is tight. Uh, the characters are believable. There are some really iconic scenes. You know, even the the rebel fleet arriving in Scarif is amazing, and that whole battle of Scarif is amazing. Like ramming one star uh, star destroyer with another star destroyer by pushing it with a corvette and making it crash into like that's all great. That's all. That's what makes Star Wars to me what it is. Hey, just a question. Mm. That that ship's just shaped like that, right? That's not its job. The hammerhead Corvette. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I don't think it's meant to hammer things. I think it was just like, oh, it looks like a hammer. Might as well use it like that. <laughs> yeah, it was just a cool, cool idea from um, fucking Admiral Akbar's Radis. Uh, but yes, yeah. Well, no, I'm figuring. I'm figuring Radis was Admiral Akbar's boss, and then he got murdered. So now Akbar takes over. Sure. Yeah. I I I love the Mon Calamari. Almost always, they're always great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah continue your your. So oh yeah, it's iconic scenes, a tight story, um, enough enough connections to other movies, like you said, without it being super overly in your face, like the dice and solo and shit, and just an all around good movie. Like I would watch this movie again today. Yes. Having watched it yesterday, I would watch it again today, and I would enjoy it. Yeah, that's that is the key with this movie right there is that and i'm gonna give it an 8.5 and the reason why i don't motherfucker you yeah. you tell me not to quibble over a half a point and you do you i'm not quibbling shit. i'm i'm firm with the 8.5 who was like i can't decide and you were a coward and picked nine anyways um wait what <laughs> i didn't say a thing it's a fun movie i want to watch it again it was a good time it makes star wars it makes the star wars universe feel bigger and it tells yeah. me story that like like did i need to know the story no but it adds to 
the Star Wars universe by telling me that story. So that's that's what where Solo falls flat is like I didn't need to know this story, and after watching, I'm like, well, I don't want to know this story. <laughs> I wish I could unknow it now. <laughs> yeah, I wish this wasn't canon. Like it's not a great story. Um, and and so the reason why I gave it the eight point five instead of the the ten really comes down to one or two quibbles. Um, one thing I really noticed, and this is just me being picky. I really like the fact that the, the the group that went out to do this job seemed to be pretty diverse. There's a, a lead female, um, you know, a couple people of, of Asian descent um, and, and otherwise. But like one of the things I noticed, and Laura kind of pointed it out to me, so you know where this is coming from, but like <laughs> when they're on Yavin and they're talking about what they should do, other than like Jimmy Smith's and like one other obvious guy, everybody in the background is white. And like everybody in the Star Wars universe is still a little too white and a little too male. And it's just... I get, get where you're coming yeah. from and where Laura's coming from. Yeah. I, but I think you have to take into account the fact that this, again, moves right into the movies from the 70s where everybody was white and mostly male. Yeah, so, but you, the background people don't matter. You could have just put some... some like. I don't think that you have to make it match the movie that hardcore that you couldn't have had another female in the in the in the gang. Well, I mean, you you had a black female there as one of the counselors, right? Uh, sure, but like, it just seems like it's for a universe full of aliens and different things. They could have done still, more. It just seems like there's not a good enough mixture of everybody yeah. in in the everyday life to make it feel filled in that meaningful way. And and that's not the only reason why I was doing it to to that half point. Not that it's a ding. Um, the like I said, the the Vader fan service and the weird, the weird obsession around um, that general killing Urso it was, was it just a bit much for yeah. me? Because it was like it was a big plot point to let them do some stuff, but it just didn't make sense. Like, why the fuck does he care? Like, it's a bad decision, and I don't know. And maybe I'm just mad because he made a bad decision, but I don't. They didn't explain to me why this guy wants him dead so badly still like you could have just exposition for five seconds and be like look i know it's done but they could build more of these things so we need to get rid he, of them he does say that but it's still that's still he says like we don't know what else is going to build for them right but that's such a thin excuse like it feels like he's craven see what i did that draven is nice. craven yeah for for just like i just want to murder some empire people and if that's him cool but make it seem like that's him more than that yeah. it does Right. And he announced when, because the first time when he he comes to Ender and he says, "Oh, you know, forget what you heard there, kill the guy." That's a conspiracy thing, which is it's a this movie has an interesting, like, g generous salad. It's a heist movie, but it's also like a conspiracy suspense kind of deal. It's very nice. It's very weird, but it's very unusual. So I liked it. So while it was just between the two of them, it was more of a conspiracy thing. Like it, this guy's like, "Oh yeah." These people are not radical enough. I am a radical, so I'm going to do that. But then he announces it loudly <laughs> to everybody after. That's so. the thing that threw me off was the announcement to like everybody's like, well, we still got to kill that fucker. It's like, wait, I thought this was just a secret thing between you and yeah and Andor. And, so the, and the way he starts that he says, oh, no, his orders stand. I'm like, okay, he's not telling everybody. Tell him his yeah. orders stand and he's supposed to follow them through. And then he turns to, to the side and goes, he has to die. I'm like, what? What? You just yeah. fucking told everybody the secret was not a secret. What the hell? Exactly. If he stayed the sneaky general, I would have liked it yeah. because he well, he gave it away. It's just like I don't understand. I would have liked it more, but like still, it's too. I, this is a note I made. Like his demeanor and his attitude is like he would be much better in the Empire than he was in the, in the Rebellion because that was a very like Machiavellian almost thing of of you know. Yes. Yeah. He's not in the rebellion for the rebellion. He's in it for destruction. Whatever. His character was just not fleshed out to have such an impactful decision making yeah, point. I agree. Yeah. So, so that's why it's, it's at end point five. Things I love, like you, Vader was a fucking badass at the end. I really enjoyed Donnie Yen's character. I really enjoyed his buddy. Uh, was it uh, Baze? Baze. I, his gun is awesome. I love yes. that gun. His whole demeanor. His whole like, demeanor yes. is like. Ugh. <laughs> Old demeanor, how he handles the gun, his getup, his like character was awesome. Just the relationship between the two of them was just like, yeah, chef it was so so well done. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed tying everything to Jetta and building that that lore piece 
just building the universe, going to these different planets, going to Jeddah, going to Edu, even that ring place that I didn't quite catch the name on. Um, ring was place. fun. Yeah, when Cassian murders that dude. Um, oh, right. Yeah. The I, ring of uh, whatever. I can't. I don't remember either. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought that was all, all really well done. And I think, like, it was just. It's a story that added to the Star Wars world in a meaningful and exciting way. And we kind of got like 10% of that war movie we wanted, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 8.5 would definitely watch again. Yeah, and, and this is a, it is a good example of how to tie things back to the existing movies without it seeming like you're appealing to nostalgia only and, and just references like Solo did. You know, the whole... We always made fun, at least I did, of the whole, oh yeah, let's build this ma- massive weapon, the Death Star, and leave this one little hole so that it can be destroyed by one single shot. Yeah, and they did a very good job of explaining that without it being super like hand wavy, right? It makes complete sense that yeah. somebody did that on the inside versus these guys don't know how to build shit. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, unless you have anything else, Matt, I think this is all the time we have for today. No, I'm good. All right. So um, if you want to contact us and uh, tell us all of your wrong takes on this movie, unless you agree with us, then they would be right. Um, feel free to email us at yourwrongcast at gmail.com, providing you know how to spell your. I'm uh, sure you'll manage, hopefully. Otherwise, you don't get to email us. I mean, win-win, I guess. Yep. Um, but uh, for now, I am Luciano. I'm Matt. And... Uh, yeah, so remember that you know you're you're perfectly fine having your own opinions, um, but just just get it into you that it'll always and forever be wrong. And we'll see you next time.